the Art and Industry of Business and Living podcast, discussing conscious choices around business, money, life and living and creating a greater future for you and the planet. Hey everyone, welcome to the Art and Industry of Business and Living and guess where I am? Oh yeah, I'm at home because I'm a good girl. <laughs> am I? Am I? So I am at home in Pregium Beach. It's a uh, Beautiful and absolutely stunning. And I was actually just on the phone to Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness. And he said, he said, wow, the one thing he's really noticed in Houston, Texas is with people not getting out and doing everything that they usually do, he went, it's so beautiful here. And that's what I'm noticing where I live too, how beautiful it is. And it's like the weather, the butterflies, the trees, the nature. It's like when I go on my, you know, exercise, which I'm allowed to out there in the big wide world, it's the earth is loud and the earth has always been loud. And I get that people can actually hear it now. So I have with me three beautiful people from across the world. I have Miss Sarah Watt, who is, uh, was very close to me. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Great to be here. Hello, everyone. And I have Miss Paula Peralta in Los Angeles. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And Miss, Mr. Sorry. <laughs> That's too funny. Mr. Wesley Pullen in South Africa, in Johannesburg, South Africa, correct? Oh, it's super fun to be here. Thanks, Simone. So I love that we're from all over the world. And we were having a chat the other day, this, you know, laughing, laughing our heads off about dating apps. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty big topic at the moment in the world because relationship is in your face. Right now in quarantine, it's like I've spoken to some people who have realized, you know, being in quarantine that they don't actually like each other. Um, I've spoken to some people who it's, it's created more in their relationship that they do like each other and the contribution that they can be, you know, for one another has without sounding all, you know, romantic or something, but it's deepened. It's like they're actually contributing to each other in a really different way. And I've also spoken to people who are single and at home and in isolation. And I mean, Sarah and I were talking the other day about this as well. And, you know, and then all people have long distance relationships. Uh, and then how many people have used relationship, sex and relationship as a distraction rather than really looking at the question of what have you decided you need a relationship for? What have you decided you need sex for? Like the conversation I was having with Sarah the other day was, I was like, I didn't even know if I require sex. And then, which is, huge for me. But what I looked at too was, oh, but I desire it, but it's not this place at the moment that I'm like, oh my God, I've got to, you know, how can I find sex or how can I have sex? It's, there's a level of creation in my world that is really different. So I brought these people on, Sarah, um, who actually, she's the one who, it's her fault. She downloaded Bumble onto my phone one night when we were having a couple of glasses of wine at my house. And she was like, you know, and this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing. So she set the whole thing up. So I keep looking at Bumble just to amuse myself every now and then. I've never actually gone on a date with anyone through a dating app. And I know you three have. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you guys some questions in what's up for you right now with dating apps and how are you perceiving it and what's, what's new up in your world with it? It's a jungle out for there. Me. It's a jungle yeah, out there. And for me... <laughs> 
For me, it's been like, I'm so grateful for the tools of access consciousness, obviously for everything and dating apps is one of them. But like with this being in social isolation, in quarantine, like the whole world having this place of us needing to distance ourselves from other people, the way I've really used this time to my advantage to, I don't know, strengthen, to look at, to, to really change the relationship with myself and how much that in turn has kind of just rippled on and changed everything else, including now how much I used to allow like dating apps and that whole world to distract me. Like I very much created it as this distraction from probably what I really desired to create. And now I'm starting to realize like what's actually important to me about my relationship with me and that I can still have dating apps and I can still have sex with people that, you know, I'm not in relationship with, you know, a hookup or a booty call or whatever you want to call it, but you can have it as a place where it actually contributes a lot to your life and contributes a lot to the other person's life as well. I've started to realize the gratitude in people's world when you're willing to just hook up with them and have sex and then say, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Never ne- necessarily need to see them again. So, yeah. so whereas as Paula, I mean, as um, Sarah was, ta- I'm getting you all three of you mixed up as Sarah was just talking then and talking about, uh, you know, the relationship that she has with herself, because we're on a Zoom, I could see you nodding with that. So it's like, what, what's, what do you want to talk about with that? Like what came up for you when she was talking about that? Yeah, when Sarah was talking about that, that's something I've been looking at in this sparkling isolation. I've been at home for nearly three weeks now and been on dating apps, playing and chatting to men, you know, obviously can't leave the house and have any booty calls. Because you're a good boy. Because <laughs> I'm a good boy, exactly. <laughs> But then what I started really looking at was like, you know, in, in Access Foundation, they talk about like elements of intimacy with you and how I can start like cultivating and practicing those elements of intimacy with myself during this period. And it's made like online dating be a whole lot more fun. So is Grindr one of the main ones that you're on? Yeah, Grindr. Okay. So I've played on Grindr with two of my male gay friends occasionally and been like, wow, and checking this out, et cetera. And I actually found one of them a great date one night. I was very proud of myself. I was like, this is who you're, you're going with. But to me, what I noticed on Grindr too, and correct me ladies, if it, like I said, I've, I'm so lame, like a, the Bumble's the only one I've been on and I swipe and then I just don't do anything. So but Grinder, what I noticed too, was so like, it's like, it's about hooking up and it's just like, dunk, dunk, dunk. so are you noticing that people are engaging in a different way or what are you noticing is the difference? Yeah, I have noticed that people are more interested in having a conversation, which is, which is really cool. You know, you get to know each other, even though you can't hook up. So it's more like just for the conversations at the moment, because everybody knows they can't leave the house. It's super strict here. So everyone has been super engaged. So, I mean, someone was saying to me the other day that they've been doing, uh, you know, FaceTime dates and it's sort of like, well, getting it out of the way. It's like you meet someone on FaceTime and then you're like, you can figure out if you like them or you don't like them, etc. And Paula, I know you referred to that you were going through your dating apps and then you're like, well, I'm just getting the cream to go to the top. Like, you know, as you have conversations with them, realizing who, and you were mentioning before we actually started this podcast, like, I guess who you're being is congruent to what your ask is. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So dating apps in general are really interesting because from what I've seen, there's people that are, it creates this level of separation where like they don't actually have to show up or they only have to show up enough to get you into bed for one night. 
or there's like the people that have all of the like projections and expectations around relationship where they think they're going to marry the meet and marry the one, you know? And so it's interesting to like try to navigate that as someone who is open and desiring the, the elements of intimacy like Wes talked about with someone and also having to navigate around everyone else's like projections of like, it's just a one night stand or I want to marry you tomorrow. <laughs> and it's been like looking at that idea of congruency is it actually puts me in a position to really ask like, what do I desire to create? Like not just with dating, but it's like in my life, what, like what Sarah talked about, like what purpose does it serve? I guess for lack of a better word. And from that space, I can start to look at, okay, cool. So if I choose to engage with this person, is that actually congruent with the future that I am desiring to create? And does it match the energy? And, and, and that doesn't mean it can't be a one-off. It doesn't mean it can't be a long-term relationship if that's what ends up showing up. But it's like taking a step back, having that intimacy with you, looking at, will it be fun? Will it be easy? Like, will they be grateful? Will I learn something? Like asking those kinds of questions is what has created for me that congruency where I don't, it no longer is a time suck because I'm asking questions. So that's the biggest thing. And I think that's where people go crazy with the, the dating apps is they have so many projections and so many expectations of what it means, like how it's going to show up where it's like, well, does this work for me? Like, does it actually contribute to my life? And that's the congruency that makes all the difference when you're, when you're playing here. Cause you got to know where, you, where, who you are. You got to know you in order, or you will lose yourself fast <laughs> in, in, in the super swipes. So, so one of the things I'm noticing around the world is how much the world is changing. Like, like I mentioned right at the beginning of this podcast, you know, the earth is just so loud at the moment and also people are listening and I'm noticing a whole lot of changes. And as I was just talking to Gary Douglas too, he was saying, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when all the borders are open up, et cetera, how quickly we choose to, you know, either fuck up the world or create something different again. So what I'm going to ask you guys is what you've noticed at the moment, because, because again, like what I've noticed is people use sex and relationship as a distraction. And, you know, if you look at history, it's like, you know, originally you got married to create wealth, you know, two families getting together, you get married, etc. And, you know, historically you would get married to create wealth and then you could have an affair with whoever the hell you wanted to. Like, that's the way it worked, you know? And then it was based on religion. And then, and then, you know, if you were 25 and you weren't married, you were, you know, considered, you know, there was something wrong with you. And then single was okay, but not really okay, you know, nowadays, etc. So what I'm noticing is, as I said before, relationship and sex is in your face. Like I was also talking to someone who has more of a long distance relationship and it was so much based on sex and now it's based on conversation. And it's like, oh, is that actually working? Like, do you like the conversation or were you just choosing the relationship for the sex? So it seems like it's like everything is in your face. So with the changes that are occurring in the world, it's like what, what tools could you offer to people to look at the dating apps in a different way now? Like what are you guys going to choose and what are you choosing and what tools out there could people start to look at? to, like you said, Paula, figure out what it is that they actually truly desire? So for me, um, when I'm looking at this, those, the four questions that I kind of threw out talking about congruency have been, 
such a game changer for me. And Can you just say I will, four again? Yes, I will say the four again. And what I will say is, as I've played with these four questions and tapped into the energy of each of these people, I'm swiping right a lot less. Not from a place of judgment, but from a place of awareness and from a space of choosing it versus needing. Like, I, I've gotten out of need by asking these questions. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, okay. Well, I want to interrupt for one second. The need. Can you explain what that was for you and what, how it's changed and what's changed about it? Well, I think just like you said, the that we're relationship and sex is so in our face like we learn from such a young age like we learn the fairy tale like you grow up you're the princess you find your prince he has a white horse you you know you ride off into the sunset together he has a castle like so from a young age we're we are fed a narrative and if we never question that narrative we then bring that into our lives as adults and project that into our relationships not even realizing that that's what we're doing but I think even more detrimental, and I, I lived this, so I can speak to it personally, like more detrimental is that we never question if that's actually the narrative that we desire to create our life as. And that's where the conversation about congruency comes up is because you have to actually stop and ask, who am I? What is my reality? Like, what do I desire to create? And then you look at where does sex and relationship fit into that? Yeah, that's well, where one of my questions <laughs> And I would give home play to everyone is to ask, what have I decided I need relationship for? And everything in that is times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And really look at that question. And if you haven't heard the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement before, you can check it out on theclearingstatement.com. Um, but it basically, you know, deletes a whole lot of points of view that you have so that you can start to look at what's true for you. And also ask, what have you decided you need sex for? And everything at that is times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. I know over the years as I have been using access consciousness tools, there's less and less people that I actually desire to have sex with. It's like you used to just be like, yay, having sex. And now it's like, oh, that wasn't that much fun. And it's like, you know, now it's like I'm asking for a different energy to show up with having sex and it's like and being so present with my body their body etc in and what that is for me so ask those two questions what if you decided you need relationship for and what if you decided you need sex for and then everything that comes up destroy and uncreate it right and wrong good and bad pock and pot all nine shorts boys and beyonds what if you also while we're in this time with sparkling isolation and having a bit of you know me time what if you turned your dating apps off for 24 hours or 48 hours and really had a, like a break, a moment to ask yourself some of these questions as well? And I would say the tool that's been the most contribution to me and not just in this time, but previously, but now I've really been more, you know, dedicated to wanting to look at it is the five elements of intimacy and we're starting that with myself. And I, I find because I did create a lot dating apps and, and that sort of stuff, as a distraction to get rid of the distraction for a little while gave me a lot more space to really look at those um, five elements of intimacy. So I'll try and remember all five because I always seem to forget one of them. But I will help you out. Thank you. Vulnerability, trust, honor, gratitude. And allowance. allowance. Thank you. Can I and ask, think. when you first started using dating apps, what was your what what did you use what did you start using them for 
So that was like many, many, many moons ago. And it was really because as a, as a teenager, like, you know, the time of your life when you're meant to be very promiscuous and out having a lot of sex and like doing all that stuff, it wasn't of interest to me then. Like I, I wasn't, it, it just, yeah, it just wasn't, I saw a lot of other people doing it and I was always a little bit confused by the whole thing. So then I got to a stage in my adult life where I was like, and dating apps became something that was, it was when it was just Tinder in Australia and they were very easily accessible. And it was basically a way that you could meet people and just have sex with them. And I was like, see, this is like, as a teenager when it's all awkward and you're at a party and you've got to like pick the person and then go and talk to them and all that boring stuff. And I was like, oh, now I've got the opportunity to just look at a picture, read a bit of information, swipe in one direction, talk to them, arrange a meeting and potentially could, so I basically relived that part of my life. Like I, I explored a lot of myself sexually and, and worked out a lot of what I liked and did some like crazy things and had a lot of fun and then stopped because that was what, why I got onto dating apps. I never got onto them to get into a relationship, even though inevitably like three of my relationships, I've actually met my partners on dating apps. So that's also funny, but, to answer your question at the time, it was to, to explore the world of, of casual sex. Yeah. Okay. And where's what, what's your, what's some of the tools that, you know, or how are you looking at the dating apps now? And what's some of the tools that you would give out to people to see in a way that works for them? Well, one thing I, I looked at for the past few months and even a little bit before the isolation and, and the virus and all that stuff was, um, looking at what I like expect from people, even though I've never met them before. Um, mm-hmm. so, like, for example, I, you know, I'd look at someone like, what am I expecting to get from this person? Is it nurturing? Is it kindness? And then I ask myself, okay, where am I not willing to be that for me? If I'm expecting to get it from someone else, you know, so that's yeah. been something I've been Love looking that. at. Yeah. 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 And then, cause I mean, I heard Gary Douglas say many years ago, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? And I was like, seriously, do you know the amount of conversations I've had where I was like, I'm here to help people or help animals or help something, you know? And it was always about what I had to give, et cetera. And I was like, it can't be that simple. Are we just really allowed to have fun? And what definitions do you have of fun that keep you from allowing yourself to be having fun? And everything that that is times a godzillion where you destroy and uncreate it. All right, non good and bad. Pock and pot all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. What do you see the future of with dating apps now? It's super different. Um, one thing, especially during isolation, like one thing it's taught me to practice is to engage and be interested. You know, often, often I hear, you know, Gary talking in classes, he says, be interested, not interesting. And I always yeah. take this and practice it, especially with dating, because it's so much fun. And, so you know, can you expand a little bit more on that as a tool of how people actually do that? What does that mean? So kind of being engaged and asking the person questions and don't tell them anything about yourself until they ask you. You know, I used to go into dating apps to be like, blah, 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 this is me, this is me, this is me. And then I started practicing the art of being in- interested instead of interesting. And it creates a much wider conversation where you actually learn so much more about the person and you get the information that's required for you to, you know, can I sleep with this person? Yes, no. You know, will it be fun? Will it be easy? You get way more information. Hmm. So you just mentioned yes, no. And that's one of my favorite tools in, in looking at stuff. And I must admit the other day I sat in my lounge when I was watching TV and having a glass of wine. And this is what I do. I look at Bumble and I go, oh yeah. 
because I see so also dating apps to me. I mean, it's about the picture. I mean, how many people put a shitty picture up of themselves? You know, it's like, I mean, some guys you're like, really, that was your best effort. <laughs> so, but, but looking at it and instead of looking at the way they look or Sarah, what their height, um, Sarah's very tall, ladies and gentlemen. So she's always looking at their height, <laughs> but instead of looking at the way they look or their height or anything like that, it's like what I was practicing doing was going, okay, so would this be, per- would this person be fun? Like, would this be, would this person be kind to me and my body and energetically looking at it? And then you go, okay. And don't think about it. It's like, cause you, so many times you go into, you know, looking at something and then defining it by what you look at rather than going, okay, so truth, will this person be kind to me and my body? Yes. No. And if you get a yes, and it's like, then follow that. If you get a no and follow that. And it's like, and to me, that's like, you know, that yes, no universe of looking at everything in our life like that. It's like, you know, will this be fun? Yes. Okay. Choose it. Cause we get caught up in our own shit so often and caught up in our own way and our own points of view rather than allowing a different possibility to show up. So what if there was a different possibility available with all of these apps? You bring up a really great point there for me with the dating apps part of what the gift that it's been for me is it's taken, it's made dating and sex less significant. Like there's literally your one swipe away from another date, another hookup, who knows, another relationship. I've met my husband on a dating app, so it didn't work out. So I'm swiping again, but like, you know, it's like, who knows? Like it literally, it can show up as anything you desire for it to show up. And that's for me, what's been such a gift is that I can go on a date and it doesn't matter. By the way, side note on the height thing, one of my favorite lovers is like five inches shorter than me. So it's like, and that's not Thank something that Sarah's I would, limiting herself. <laughs> well, and that's not something that I would have, I didn't meet him on a dating app, but like, it's not something that I would have initially chosen or I would have been, cause I'm tall as well. So I, I would have eliminated a certain batch of gentlemen who could, could have been easy and fun and kind to my body. And I so grateful. And I totally would have learned something if I had been limited to that. But now that's, the beauty of I can swipe a guy that's five inches or five feet tall, if that's what is fun for me. Fine, look, look, just a little guy. <laughs> Listen, different strokes for different folks. If that's your thing, go for it. But like you know, it's, it, that's the thing is it's not significant. And I love what Sarah, Sarah and I actually, I was on her podcast a little while ago and, um, we were talking about this cause for me, I didn't, my husband was the first person I had sex with. And so once, um, and I had to get married till I was almost 35. So when I started to look at that and go into the world of online dating even more after my divorce, like it was very much a hookup <laughs> situation. But again, like in my third, I think I lived all of my 25, 20, my 20s in like the six months after I got divorced. But it's like, <laughs> it's like that's doing that actually allowed me to start to be like, oh, I don't need sex. I don't, it's, it, it could be a desire. And when I'm willing to ask questions and choose it, then it can be show up even greater. And then it's actually a contribution to my life. Um, and so I think dating apps aren't, some people say they're the worst thing ever. I think they can be really great. 
or they can be terrible. It depends on how you approach it and what questions you ask going into it. Nice. And I would you. say too, definitely like not having an expectation of the other person or of yourself and realizing that every bit of awareness or information you get, you can use it to create something greater. Like every, every, you know, choice I make or a question I ask and the feedback I get on that in dating apps, like everything in my life, I look at like, okay, so what awareness can I gain from this? Where can I use this to my advantage? Where can I use this to contribute to knowing more about myself, knowing more about the future I desire to create and not having this expectation of the other person or of myself and, you know, having this conversation between us four people that are choosing consciousness. Most of the people on dating apps probably aren't at that space where they have the tools and the choices available that we're aware of as well. So also looking at like where you being like, the con like whatever the more conscious or the one choosing the consciousness as well like even those conversations and the engagement and interacting you're having with people like where can i inject a little bit of something into their world to put them into question too like how much can i use dating apps like i love dane because i see dane here co-creator of access consciousness i see him as someone who will use everyone to his advantage and I see him on calls, in classes, and these are people that might infuriate me with the way that they keep choosing certain things or whatever, but he will see in their world how he can use them to his advantage. And, like, what if everything was that? Like, what if everyone was just there to contribute more to whatever you desire to create in the world? And it doesn't make logical sense at all, but when you start playing with it and having that as your point of view and that as an availability like this whole other world starts to open up of, of what's available because this is really like you could be in, interacting with, you know, a hundred different people in, in a month or something like that, even though you might not have sex with all of them, <laughs> just talking to them on the app as well. It's like, it's just a choice. Like, um, yeah. Where can you infuse more of you and more consciousness into the world? And what if dating apps was part of that? Yeah. Cool. Where's, do you have anything else you want to add? I would just say, like, a lot of people are nervous about getting onto a dating app. And my point of view is just like, fuck it, go have fun. You know, you're at home, you're safe. You're not in a bar where someone can slip a pill in your drink or something. You're at home, just fuck it, have fun. That would be yeah. my idea on, on online dating. Like, and if you hate it, then delete it. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you come out of judgment, and like Sarah said, like the expectations, if you have no judgments of you, because most of the time I see people have the, ju you have more judgments of you than what you have of somebody else. And it's like, but if you destroy and uncreate all the judgments that you have of you and the projections and the expectations of what it's going to show up like, and as Wes said, just have fun, then what else can show up for you? Like, as I always say, this is your life. It's like, are you living it? It's like, what would you like it to look like? Like everything that's shown up in your life so far is, is because you created it. So what else would you like to create now? So I also want to add that um, Brendan Watt, Sarah's brother actually, and myself were in a relationship for eight years and we co-wrote a book called Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? Which I think is such a great name. We were in a relationship together when we wrote this book and it's got some fabulous tools in it uh, to create a great relationship, but also to always be in question of, is this actually what you desire? 
Uh, and we get quite vulnerable. There was a guy, he said to me once, he went, my God, he said, I can't believe some of the stuff you spoke about in this book. I can't even talk to my wife about this. And you guys put it in a book. <laughs> and I was like, yep, we sure did. Because what if there was nothing to hide? And, you know, it sort of goes along that same theme of what Wes is saying. It's like, you know, just get out there and have some fun. And what if it was fun? And what is that for you? So you can get, um, get Relationship Are You Sure You Want One on Amazon. You can also go to relationshipareyoushoreyouwantone.com and there's a whole lot of videos that Brendan and I have done. It's called No Sugar Coating Vlog. We, I think they're funny. I hope you think they're funny. Um, and Brendan and I have a class coming up in uh, it's the end of April. I think it's the 30th of April it starts called Relationship Done Different because that's one thing that we have definitely um, got some tools uh, and processes for you from Access Consciousness. There are some prerequisites. So if you're listening to this and you want to uh, come on, you need to check out the prerequisites for that. And we are going to cover anything and everything and whatever you guys desire to talk about. So I also want to do a little shout out for the three of you because you're all facilitators of Access Consciousness. So you can find Sarah Watt, Wesley Pullen, Paula Peralta on accessconsciousness.com. And do you guys have any of your own personal websites? Where, where can people find you? Yep, sarahwatt.com.au because I'm Australian um, and my Facebook page as well, which is Sarah Ann Watt, Facebook, Sarah Ann Watt. I mean, I'm everywhere. Instagram, it's like you don't have any privacy when you choose to like get out there and want to be a facilitator. It's hilarious. Yeah, you can just, you can find me everywhere, basically. Yeah, or on Bumble. <laughs> exactly. Sarah Watt on Bumble. Check it out. No, you listen to Sarah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Paul, what dating apps can you be found on and where else? Um, I can be found on Bumble and there's another one called Field that has been quite successful. It's a little glitchy, but you might want to check it out. And then you can find me also at paulaperalta.com, also Facebook, Paula Peralta. My Instagram is hair by Paula Peralta. I'm pretty active on there, actually. So if you want hair and dating tips, come on over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wes? Well, you can find me on Grinder if that's your. <laughs> Usually, people are giving their Instagram handles or their websites. This is the dating app you can find me on. Yeah, so on Grinder, yes. And then t- Tinder as well, because you know you can't just have one. Uh, WesleyPullen dot com and Facebook forward slash WesleyPullen, I think, and Instagram and all the places. <laughs> Cool. And you can find me on Bumble, although I've never answered anyone. So, but maybe if you're listening to this, you might be the first. <laughs> um, and my website, SimoneMillis.com and all those other places I mentioned and Instagram and blah, blah, blah. So I want to thank you guys so much for coming on here. Is there any other tool, question, anything you want to leave people with before we head off? I would say, what if, like, like you said, what if truly, what if the purpose of life was to have fun? Yeah, too much fun. How does it get any better than this? Cool. Well, thank you for being here. I am so super grateful for the three of you in my life and what you create in the world. So check these guys out. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.